everybody. Welcome. And thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach. I'm usually here with Laura, but she's off on an adventure. So I am instead with Daniel and Kay Yaki. Daniel and Kay run Sensi Finance, which uh, offers online classes for couples trying to make sense of their money. We know that money is a big source of conflict for a lot of couples. And these guys are trying to make sense of it, um, mostly through their own story, which I love, but then also helping couples. I've referred a couple of my clients to them. I'm very excited for you to learn more about what they do and to offer them as a resource for you. If uh, you like what you hear in this episode, you can visit cincyfinance.com slash MTR. That's C-E-N-T-S-E-I finance.com slash MTR. And if you choose to engage them, uh, you'll help support Marriage Therapy Radio. No matter what, I think you'll enjoy Daniel and Kay. This is a very cool episode. Stick around. So tell me about you guys. Where, who, who are you? Where are you from? Like, what's your what's your jam? You've been married, obviously, but what, what's your story? Yeah, we've been married five years. Um, we've got two kids, three-year-old and a one-year-old. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've we've kind of been running our own company for a couple of years, um, teaching people how to budget and manage money, mostly because when we first got married, it almost took our marriage down. Oh, right on. Uh, um, so we now live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we're fully dedicated to helping as many people as we can put good money systems in place, achieve goals, and just not have money be such a stressful part of, of something that's already so complex like marriage. Yeah, right on. Cool. We'll get to the money part, but let me just poke around a little bit. Um, where did you each grow up? So I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. And Dan kind of grew up in a few places. What are you going to claim? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I have to claim Utah. Um, my, my family, I spent about half my life in Utah and then... My father worked for Franklin Covey, so Seven Habits, Highly Effective right People, was like really ingrained in our household growing up. He started helped start a branch in Sydney, Australia. So I spent a couple of years in there. I lived in Dallas for four years, but we always came back to Utah. And then okay. uh, we both went to school in Idaho, um, right. and then served. You met at school. We we met in Germany, actually. Okay. So I'll let you tell that. Yeah. Well, we were serving missions for our church, so we. Just met on the train station. Dan was leaving his mission. I was just getting there. So just straight out of a movie, cross paths, and it was love sight for one of us. <laughs> I, it was me. I was, <laughs> I was the one who fell in love at first sight. And if you can see me on the screen, you know why she didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so then it just took a little bit for me to come around. I was very focused in other things, not thinking about marriage and dating at all, and took a little bit for me to come around, but then... We dated and got married in a very short inversion. No, yeah, we got we got connect, reconnected about two years later and um, and found love. So you had a, what was they call that a meet cute? That's right. It was a. And we knew what the whole pivot was right there at the train station. That's right. Just the Frankfurt home. Frankfurt Germany train station for right. two minutes. <laughs> very cool. So how'd you end up in North Carolina? We, um, you know, our business allows us to There's live anywhere, and we just. North Carolina is a state in the southeastern region of the United States. The state borders South Carolina and Georgia to the south, Tennessee to the west. Please keep listening to the podcast. And the Atlantic Ocean to the east. Is that Thank Alexa? You, Alexa? I really appreciate your help. <laughs> you even have phenomenal. an Alexa in your shed. That is that's phenomenal. Class. <laughs> All right. So, how did you end up in North Carolina? Yeah. So we. Um, you know, our, our business is virtual and we just, we wanted to go somewhere we'd never been. So we both spent a lot of time in the West, spent a lot of time in Texas, and we just wanted to kind of pick a place and 
and feel it out. And so we went and kind of did, we went city shopping. And when we went to Charlotte, we just, just felt good. Just felt right. Yeah. They have this saying, it's called big city, small town feel. And that is exactly what it's like. There's tons of stuff to do. It doesn't feel like you're out in the boonies, but you still have the small town feel. Everyone's super friendly and knows each other and really, really family friendly too with our kids. So, yeah, that's really cool. So um, I say this on the podcast a lot um, and I, I don't know if, uh, if you've heard this or not, but there's a, there's a very popular notion around the idea of divorce in particular, and that about 50% of couples get divorced, right? That's uh, we, most of us in the business, we think it's, too high. That number is not accurate. Um, it's probably closer to 40 and it kind of depends on what you're measuring and what, you know, what's going on. One of the things we do know is that most marriages that end end inside of seven years, it's usually around four year four and there's usually a toddler in the mix. So you guys are like right there. <laughs> We're like, staying strong. You're That's right at that spot. But, but what have you learned? I mean, what have you learned about weathering these first like sort of first four stuff, you started a business, you've had a baby, now you've had two babies. Like what's been the, what's been the key kind of, I don't know, takeaway for you as you've navigated this first challenging phase for a lot of people. That's a really great question. Um, something that I haven't thought about us being in the danger zone, but um, the, I, some of the things we've realized and a lot I of told somebody came- once, I told a client <laughs> once that they were in the sweet spot and he corrected me and said, no, this is sour spot. And I was like, fine, you can have it. <laughs> sweet, no, no in between. It's, it's just one or the other. Um, so we, yeah, I think for us, it's definitely been, there's definitely been rough roads. I mean, I think that's true for any marriage. If a marriage is going to last, you have to overcome something. You have to overcome many things. Um, it can't just be a, an easy walk in the park. Um, and so for us, I think we've implemented what we call systems that have, have really helped us mm. and, and, uh, I love systems. Have, yes. Have helped us just stay in tune, stay in touch, um, examples of those. And I, I Kay will correct me and step in here if I misspeak, but, um, a week, a weekly date has been huge. We're not perfect at it, but I think last year we tracked, we did 38 out of 52 weeks. And mm. some of that was just, you know, out of town or being, going out of town. Or- yeah. Just watching a movie in bed, but just a set apart time to connect. Um, a weekly planning meeting where we sit down together and we also at the end of that weekly planning meeting go through, how are you feeling in like your knowledge, your progression in your physical health, um, in intimacy, um, parenting and parenting. Mm. Um, and we really talk about, we said, you know, for about three hours, we really talk about every single aspect, including planning out the whole week. Um, so for, for some people that may sound crazy, it's just really worked for us. And by, you know, we do that on Sunday nights. And when that time comes, it just, just, it just sets the week off on the right tone. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I'm sure love Dan it. said three hours and everyone's like, all right, turn this off now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that those things definitely have helped also just kind of learning what makes people mad, I guess, like what irritates each other and figuring out how to navigate those lots of conflict resolution. And I'm sure you talk about that all the time. That's a huge part. And then I will say, I thought that before kids, we had it hard because we were trying to navigate business together. Um, But 
definitely parenting has been <laughs> way more challenging than starting a business. So if anyone is ever wanting yeah. to start a business, you basically already have if you have kids. So. Right yeah, I used to um, I used, there's a book I used to want to write. It's called um, I was the perfect parent before I had kids. <laughs> yes. yes, please write that. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I would read that book because that's how we that was the lie we told ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I think I've, I think I've run out of that theme because I've got, they're 15 and 19 now, but uh, maybe I'll be the perfect empty nester before my kids. Yes. <laughs> what, uh, I mean, you obviously have been entrepreneurial in that regard too. I guess what my question have you seen as far as, you know, as the kids grow and develop beyond the toddler stage, does, do the challenges change? And I'm, I'm just curious kind of what you've seen on that. Regard. No, I think it's a really, I mean, for me, what I say is that when I talk to young parents, I always wish I could tell them that it gets better. Um, but it doesn't get better. I mean, it doesn't get easier anyway. Um, I think it gets different, mm-hmm. but it's always what it currently is. It's, which is amazing and challenging and infuriating. Mm-hmm. And you can't imagine being anything else on the planet and, you know, uh, hope, hopeless, and aspirational. I mean, it's, it's always exactly what it is right now. And I feel that way with my 19 year old who is, um, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, I won't insult her, but she's, she's almost reverted to childhood. And part of that is I think because we pushed her out of the nest and she was like, I don't know what to do, mommy, daddy, you know? And so we're sort of reliving a little bit of that. Um, and I think that's natural, particularly for kids who are going to college right now on the back end of two years of just being in their house. Yeah. Hey, I just want to take a minute to interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast programming to remind you that uh, if you like what you're hearing from Daniel and Kay and from Cincy Finance, please do visit them at cincyfinance.com slash MTR. That's C-E-N-T-S-E-I finance.com slash MTR. If you do choose to engage them, um, you'll be supporting Marriage Therapy Radio. I can tell you right now that I have two couples in my practice that are already um, on the road with Cincy. Um, one couple is brand new. They're young, trying to figure out what to do with their money. Another couple has been married almost 30 years. They're empty nesting and kind of finding themselves without some basic skills um, and are loving what they're learning from Daniel and Kay and from Cincy. So check them out. That's Cincy Finance, C-E-N-T-S-E-I, finance.com slash MTR. And uh, for now, we'll get you back to the conversation. Okay, so you guys, uh, you get married. You do a little city shopping. You have some kids. You start to realize that there's this thing called money that is uh, challenging. And I tell couples all the time, it's challenging. It, it's challenging because it's measurable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think you're going to talk to us a little bit about how much value there is in measuring it. But the reason that it's challenging is because because you can look at it and go, well, I make more than you, so I maybe is, am more valuable than you. Or, you know, I, <laughs> we do this thing at the wedding where we say for return for poor. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're combining money, then on that day, mathematically, one of you becomes richer and one of you becomes poor. Yeah. Right. So there's that. And what does it even mean? And all this other stuff, but you stumbled or not, maybe not stumbled, but you found yourself in a, in a area of passion and strength where you could help sort of make sense of that. I'd love to hear that origin story. Absolutely. I I'll start because I was the problem. Um, you were so the problem. I was the problem. Um, more, more than Not Kay quite. was. We were both, we both brought issues. Um, so I started a company before we were married. I did, it was a digital marketing agency and, uh, I was making 
more money than I'd ever made in my life. And I was making good money. And I was, I was in, I was still in college. And, um, I, the problem is, is we know we talk about, so it's something you can track. It's something you can measure. In addition to that money is so emotional. We use it to magnify who we are on the inside to validate sure. things. You know, sure. it's, it's more than just num- numbers. numbers in a bank account. And so for me, I had something to prove to the world that I was a successful entrepreneur, that I was rich, that I was, um, that, you know, I, I'd made it at a young age already and we're, we're still young, but at that time that was kind of my mindset. So as fast as the money was coming in, I was spending it and I was spending more than I had. So even though I was making plenty of money, I was, I bought a new car. I was taking my friends out to dinner. I was tipping ridiculous amounts, you know, buying new clothes. Um, and I was putting off an image that I, I, w- I had done it all. I, I was there. Mm-hmm. I'd already arrived. And, um, the truth was I could barely afford groceries and I was starting to use credit cards to pay off other credit cards. And nobody knew this except for me and mm-hmm. a couple other people that I was asked having to borrow money from to cover expenses. Interesting. So at this stage is when I, as I, when I met Kay, we reconnected and I was portraying this image yeah. So I really, when we were dating, we didn't really talk about money that much. It was pretty separate. Like I do my thing, you do your thing. That's just kind of how it was. And our very first money conversation was after we were engaged and we we're like, okay, well, I guess if we're going to combine our lives together, then that includes money. So we kind of stumbled around the conversation and started kind of talking about it. And Dan had mentioned like he had a few student loans and a car payment. So I knew he wasn't completely debt free, but I am like daughter of an accountant saver since the day I was born, like couldn't have been more opposites in that regard. And so I'm like, okay, so I know you mentioned that you have some debt and I made him list out all of them. And that's when we first had this reality check of like, all right, we're in 20 grand of debt. Mm. And that was the first time I had ever like known about, I mean, I'd known about debt, I guess, but ever stepped foot into that world. Um, but more than just being in 20 grand of debt, it was the attitude and the emotions because Dan was like, what's the big deal? 20 grand of debt, whatever, because I'm making so much more. This is just part of business. You just have a lot of debt and you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. We're just like, you know, there's other ways to do it. So anyway, we went on this whole journey trying, you know, back and forth, mad at each other, talking about it. Once we got married, that just kept continuing. And, um, and then got to the point where we were really like, we've got to figure this out. Like we've only been married a few months and this is already a problem. Like Mm. we've got to figure this out. Otherwise it's going to be a really rocky road. And, and the issue, you know, we, the first conversation we had about it just a few weeks before we were married, it, it was like, all right, 20 grand of debt. You know, in the grand scheme of things, there's people who got a lot more. The issue was that a few months before I had been completely debt free and I was on track to double this debt every couple of months based off of my spending habits. And I had no intention of changing. And she didn't know that. And so after we got married, those problems started really coming out and, you know, the debt payments started rising. The business had a couple more rough months. So I couldn't pay myself as much to meet all my obligations. And it was a, it was a constant like deal of just like palpable tension in, in our, you know, first apartment 
every day and you couldn't, we couldn't talk about it. Any, anytime we had to spend money, anytime we had to think about money, it was stressful. You know, rent comes due. How are we going to do this? You know, we have, we want to go on a, a trip. We want to go anytime money was involved. There was frustration and, um, and anger. And it came to one point, I remember slamming the door, walking out, just so frustrated. And I realized that, you know, do my money beliefs, do the things that I think that I'm doing that are right, more important than my marriage? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I really appreciate too, that you guys have had the, that you have the ability to talk about sort of what your money script is like if you think about just sort of like we run in these scripts in our heads about how to make meaning and how to run the narrative like there's a there's a money a dollar bill is a dollar bill but it's a different thing for an accountant than it is for an entrepreneur yeah yes and so to know that you have more of an entrepreneur uh script running there's nothing actually wrong with that it just it just is what it is and then the accountant's daughter or the accountant they have another script running and there's nothing wrong with that one either but when they clash, particularly when they clash in secret or in, or in, you know, without intention, that can be a real problem. I, um, my wife and I, uh, we both grew up completely ignorant about money, but for totally different reasons. And one is that um, my family uh, kind of cobbled it together. I was, I was raised by a couple of teachers and my dad had some medical issues that kept him out of work from time to time. By the time I was in 11th grade, we declared bankruptcy. Wow. Um, my wife grew up in this suburb of New York city with a bunch with a stockbroker dad and a golfing mom. And they, they kind of went vacationing anywhere they wanted to. And she had a car at 16 and college was paid for, but she never learned a single thing about how to, how to manage a dollar bill because she didn't have to. Yeah. It's not mm -hmm. something. So we come into our marriage and we're like, I wonder what is this thing? These, <laughs> these dollars right here, what do they do? You know? So um, I think that that probably resonates with people a lot more than they might imagine, particularly if they don't have clarity about what their script is. Like what's yes. the story of the money. Um, but let's say they go to a therapist and they start to work that out and they realize that they um, have really different ideas and, and they have a desire now to, kind of get some control over the situation. That's where you guys, I think, found a niche. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about what that is. Like how, what is, what, what has, um, you know, wh where's your business come from and what is it that you're, that you're, that's driving you? Maybe what's your mission statement without being super advertising, but like, what is your, um, like, what is it about for you? Yeah. I, so I think just carrying on, I love what you said about money scripts because we always, we talk about how one money's emotional, which we've already said, and, and two, um, that your financial past is present. So however you were raised with money, that's, that's still with you today. And now you have to address it. You have to work through it. And I'm, mm -hmm. I am curious if we have time to hear how you worked through it and what you did, um, coming from those backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but, uh, let me just go lay down on the couch right now and see maybe there's still something to, to work through, but yeah, you know, we can't replace, uh, you know, therapy. And so sometimes there's more in depth things that definitely need to happen there. Um, but but once people have the desire to change, the question ten, tends to come to, all right, I've addressed my past. I understand that this is how I view money. I understand that I actually don't know about money as how much about money that I thought I did. Just because I'm an adult doesn't mean I know how to manage money. It doesn't know I know how money works. And there's this like belief that we often feel that that's true. It's not. Um, and so 
what what you have to come into is you have to come into what do I what do I want? Where do I want to go? Um, what am I actually trying to achieve? I, I understand that money has not been a forte of, in my life or I haven't known what to do, but it's not just about managing money. It's about actually going somewhere. It's about progressing. It's about achieving goals and goals. And it's, in marriage, it's about doing that together. And a lot of the conflicts that arise in marriage that we've seen from money is that people can describe, like couples can describe a, a similar end goal or where they eventually want to get to in life, but they disagree on the steps to get there. Mm. Where do I, you know, I, we understand that we, we want to work less. We want to be with the kids more. We want to travel and, but it's not super defined. And then, you know, one spouse wants to pay off debt. One wants to have an emergency fund. One wants to invest. One wants to buy real estate. One wants to buy a house. And so the, the conflict, the confusion then comes in the short term of how to get to the long term, not always what the mm-hmm. long, eventual long term is. And yeah. so our, our mission, what we do is provide clarity in the short term to couples and individuals so they can t- together, not my way versus her way or her way versus my way, but together get to where they eventually want to go. Yeah. And kind of adding on to that, I think a big part of it is that how to, because without shame, right? That's, I guess, a key factor of like not feeling like I am 38 years old, 40 years old, 20 years old, 50 years old, whatever. And I don't know how to deal with money. That can feel sometimes a little embarrassing. feels like everyone else has it figured out. We felt like we were the only people ever in debt, (laughs) even though that's obviously not true. Um, And it can be really lonely because it's such a taboo topic. And so just trying to figure out how to get it all on the table, not just here. Oh, you need a budget. But like, how do I make a budget? Like walk through the exact steps. What does this look like? Um, And oh, I know I need to invest, but how do I do that? What does that look like? And a lot of the tactile part. And then through that process, we discover a lot of that other stuff, the emotional side, how we discuss things, the questions you need to ask each other, um, how to do finances together. Because in a lot of marriages, it is like, just one person does it and then the other person is like mm-hmm. totally oblivious. Mm-hmm. And then that's hard because you're making money choices that might make the other person mad, but you don't even know what's happening, you know? So anyway, just a lot of other things come through that process while you're working on the tactical part. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, I, and, you know, I think again, part of what you, you know, you sort of asked, how did we do it? And I honestly, I don't really know. Like, I think, I was sort of a brute force and ignorance kind of guy. Like if I just work harder and, you know, tuck away and chip away and chip away. And, you know, I think we had a lot of good fortune and I think we had a lot of, um, a lot of just shame for sure around like, gosh, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be bankrupt or I don't want to be, um, ungrateful. I think Mm -hmm. it would be the category that my wife would put herself in. Um, and so, you know, working against those things, I think helped us survive it wasn't until we both felt fairly established in our careers and we had a mortgage and we had two children that we were like, okay, hold up. We need some systems. Like we need to figure out how to do this mm-hmm. in a way that actually has a direction. And that was harder work than I thought it would be because everybody wants to retire or everybody wants to save for college yep. or everybody wants to have a dream trip. But I don't even think, I don't think we had any idea of even what that meant Right. I heard about my friends who were saving for college and I was like, what? 
how do you do that thing that's 20 years away from now? And I and now it's now yes. and I wish I'd gotten started earlier. But um, my guess, I bet you're going to say that um, just because of what you told us earlier, that there's something about systems here that is really helpful. And I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about how you started to wrap your head around that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things come to mind. So just cut me off if I go on tangents here. Um, But one, I would say a lot of times people think financial knowledge is just head knowledge. You know, like you need to know what compound interest is. You need to know what a credit score is. You need to know whatever. But there's a lot more to it than that. A lot more of the behavior change, the habits the part that actually makes money hard. Like if it really was that simple, then you don't even need to manage money, right? Right. You just have your spreadsheet, do everything. But there's a lot more of that part that I feel like is lost in financial literature often. Um, So a big part for us was combining that with thinking about, okay, so we are goal setters. We're trying to do things, not necessarily in finances originally, but just, you know, building habits, building systems in other areas of our life. And we started to see how that really benefited our marriage in general, like kind of like what we mentioned earlier. And over time, we started creating these systems for finances and taking out a lot of the grunt work that isn't required, like Maybe you don't have to keep every receipt and type in every little thing on a Mm. perfect spreadsheet. We can systematize and automate that part so that we can spend that time discussing these financial scripts. So we can spend that time actually dreaming what we want this dream vacation to look like and kind of move our energy into like the right lane, I guess, in order to really progress and really make our dreams happen and automate and systematize as much of the other stuff that we can. I love one of my favorite metaphors is lanes. I think you're talking about it a different way than I do, but like just the idea of stay in your lane, but um, which -hmm. makes it really clear. Like I know this is my lane. I know that's Rebecca's lane. So we stay in our lanes and we don't Mm -hmm. cross each other over. But I think even the idea of putting say, you know, your money conversation or your money thinking into a lane that's not also plagued by, urgency or anxiety or, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, whatever it is. So, okay. But I cut you off, Dan. No, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. It it really is about lanes. So many people, and I hated budgeting when we started. It was like, (laughs) the reason we created the systems is because it was miserable. I was like, I do not want to come together once a month and create a whole new budget every single month for Mm -hmm. who knows what, only to have that be completely off what our reality was. And so how do we, how do we actually implement a system or a budget that I Sorry, don't did have you ever to do this? Did you <laughs> ever ahead. do this where you made your budget and then you start spending, and you're like, Oh, I think I'm going to change the column on the left so that I can just, <laughs> yes. now I'm under budget because Thank I changed the, I changed the number. On yes. The, <laughs> you're, you're exactly budget. Right. I know you how to fix know. that. I'll just correct this <laughs> cell right over here. Oh, totally. And, and, uh, or, um, you know, I'll just add a little more income from this section, you know, it, absolutely. And so I hated that. I hated making a plan and when it was really defeating that we weren't going to stick to that we weren't going to do. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it, we needed a system that one, we were actually, were going to do that we enjoyed doing and we could do for the rest of our lives. 
And because I was not going to create a new budget every month for the rest of my life. I was not going to stick money in envelopes every month for the rest of my life and try to manage the money that way. You know, I think that's a big part of it, you guys, because um, I feel like I said this maybe a couple weeks ago on the podcast. So you'll forgive me if I repeat it, guys out there in listener world. But um, I was talking to a couple the other day. And they were going, they had just come back from vacation. And one of the things that we had decided about their vacation is they were going to use some time to have some of these like um, relationship evaluating meetings. Like they, that was the thing they were going to do. Um, and when they came back, I was like, how did your conversations go? And they're like, we didn't do it. I'm like, why? <laughs> I said, oh, well, we, we realized we'd rather drink, have drinks by the pool or have sex or go, go rock climbing. And so we didn't have time for the stuff, the, the talk. And I was like, that sounds obvious. Of course. All of that sounds amazing. Like, of course you would want to do that. Who wouldn't want to like sit by the pool and have a nice tasty drink or have sex or go climb a mountain and feel like you did something. But why does your conversation have to be not those things? You know, all of those things have a dopamine hit or have a kind of a piece of pleasure or sense of accomplishment. Like your, your conversation about your relationship doesn't have to be a drag. It doesn't have to be this awful thing that you do. It can be, um, it can be something that actually does invigorate or, uh, you know, open you up or make you feel excited. It can be. So true. So I love it that you're like, I don't want to do the thing, budget meeting in particular, that is a complete drag. Um, why would you want to do that? Yeah. That sounds like a giant waste of time. Well, and I think I think that's what budgeting has been for most of us in 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 what we've been taught or what we envision is it is this like, all right, pull out the spreadsheet. We already know we're over budget. We already know that we're behind. It's like not fun. It's not fun to like look at our financial realities. And so we, the, one of the key things to our systems that we realize that has to happen is we've got to, these systems have to take us somewhere we want to go. Otherwise we're not going to do it. So it all comes back down to First off, acknowledging our past. What are the things that matter to us? What are we afraid of? You know, if you've gone through a bankruptcy as a teenager, there's obviously things that you're going to carry with you when you go into your own marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you've done that, now where can we align to say, build a roadmap? We actually build a roadmap of like, you care about paying off debt. I care about a having a certain amount of money in the bank for security. I care about investing this amount of money. I care about getting a home. And so... The, the conflict then comes to the reason people never even get to that point. They just go straight to budgeting, but they don't even agree with their budgeting for. And so if you can get clear on where are we going? All right. We are going to first pay off this debt. Then we are going to save an emergency fund. Then we're going to buy a house. Then we're going to invest and we're going to save for kids. College. You know, when you start to lay that out one by one and each partner can see that my goals are on this plan. They're going to happen. And I know that first to do this, we just have to do this first. It changes the whole conversation because I'm not fighting you on if let's, we need to put this percentage towards debt. Mm. We need to put this amount of money in the bank. I need to invest this amount of money. No, it's like, no, today, this is what we're focusing on. And I know we're going to get to what I want. This to do dollar there. bill goes to tracks to this priority. This, this dollar bill that I have right here tracks to this priority versus the 10 that maybe we also have that are all good, right? You might have 10 financial yes. priorities, but all of, and all of them are amazing, but you only have $1, you know? So what do you do with, mm-hmm. with that? You know, yeah. interesting. It's the difference between filling buckets with, you know, putting a penny in 10 different buckets versus, you know, dumping all your change in one and filling it up as fast as you can. We have uh, eight or 10,000 downloads a week. So it's a lot of people out there in the world who are kind of thinking about things. Some of them are, 
they have all their money stuff like totally sorted out. They're like good to go. That's not this is not for them. But they're some of them are like, I wonder if this is for me. Like who is who is the best couple or the best client for you? And what is the best way for them to sort of approach or get to know what you are bringing to the table for them? I think as far as knowing if this is like a good, if we're a good fit, or if you'd rather have somebody else to help you through that path, I think, um, first deciding if that's stuff that you want, like, do you want systems? Some people really love, you know, their color coded budget notebook that, you know, that's their perfect thing. And there are lots of options that of people that will teach it that way too. So I think first off, if that's truly what you want, And then two, if you're wanting to make that change, right? Like it's one thing to say it in your mind, like, yeah, that would be nice. But it's another thing to be like, you know what? Let's do this. Like I'm ready to commit and make these changes. I'm sick of living this way. And now I want to work on this. And then as far as getting to know us more and seeing if this is something that would be beneficial and getting to know our personalities more. Um, We send out a weekly newsletter, Financial Friday, every Friday. And it's just Dan and I switch off every other week who writes it. So you get kind of a taste of both of our personalities there. And we're just sharing little financial tidbits, quotes, things that we've learned. Also articles to recent things happening um, things that are happening in our own lives, struggles or challenges that we've had, just all sorts of things. Um, I think in addition to, you know, who's who's ready, if you have a goal, something you want to do financially in your life that you feel like you are not making progress towards, we should talk. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or if, you, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you're if you feel like you can't work together to get somewhere, you know, therapy is definitely a great great choice to handle the emotional side. But if you want the practical how to's that that's where you probably should start looking, whether that's us or another program. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I think you made it clear to me, I think before we started talking that it's not therapy, it's not financial therapy. And it's also not financial like planning uh, in terms of like, this is not your financial advisor who helps you navigate the stock market and do all the other stuff. This is like kind of right in the middle. It's a little more chaotic than you would like. You have some clarity about your goals have some confidence in your script and where that comes from. And now you're what you need is, or what you want is the system to help you kind of track toward the thing that feels most important to get that right. Nailed, Nailed it. it. <laughs> nice. I'm going to go to P I'm going to go into PR after my, my career. Ends, <laughs> right we, we need to hire you for this sec. Um, we need to hire you for this. <laughs> well, listen, I'm really glad to talk to you guys. I'm really glad to make you sort of uh, available to people in our crowd. Um, we'll make sure to make sure that they know how to reach you. Um, but I like, I, I mean, I'm, lately these days, I'm more and more interested in hearing people's stories and how they got there and how their passion drives them. And it's really clear that you guys have leveraged some of your natural skills, particularly around systems, um, to add value to the world. So thanks for doing that. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that we're talking to a fellow systems lover because <laughs> systems make the world go around in our mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Laura wasn't here because Laura rejects systems like the plague and she, um, she oh. would have all kinds of, but she's, uh, she's got other skills. That's, that's just the way that goes. So. All right. Um, so if people want to find you, what's the best place? Where do they start? 
Yep. So our website is going to have the best information, the free resources. We do a free budgeting class that's on demand. Um, they, that'll kind of help you see if this is a good fit. And we introduce some of the systems that we teach. That's www.senseifinancial.com. Senseifinancial.com. So you got, you're going straight guru route with the metaphor there on the sensei. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was I love the first it. business mistake it. we made. Um, Dan, Kay, thank you so much for coming on. And um, I do hope folks that you will check them out at senseifinancial.com. And then uh, we'll, we'll see uh, what happened. We're looking forward to seeing what, what you guys continue to do in the world. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Same to you. Thank you. You got it. Okay. There we go. Daniel and Kay Yaki, Sensei Finance. You should totally check them out. C-E-N-T-S-E-I finance.com slash M-T-R. If you choose to take advantage of their programs, um, you can support Marriage Therapy Radio, which we'll be grateful for. You can also learn more about them on the Instagram. Find us on the Instagram at Marriage Therapy Radio. For now, I'll say goodbye and thank you for the time and intention you're putting into your relationship, making it better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.